More than 2 million Americans have an opioid use disorder, although medications such as buprenorphine and methadone can reduce cravings and withdrawal symptoms. Only about 20% of people with opioid use disorder are receiving them, in part because of barriers to prescribing them in primary care settings. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Brendan Saloner, an Assistant Professor in the Department of Health Policy and Management at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Dr. Saloner has co-authored a perspective article about improving access to buprenorphine for addiction treatment. Dr. Sloaner, what do we know about the effectiveness of buprenorphine and other medications for preventing overdoses and other complications of opioid use disorder? Buprenorphine and methadone are two of the most well-studied medications to manage opioid use disorder. And both medications work by managing the symptoms of craving and withdrawal that are common among people who are addicted or dependent on opioids. Hundreds of studies have been conducted on both methadone and buprenorphine. And studies all consistently point toward reduced symptoms of opioid use disorder, improved outcomes for patients, and greater abstinence over the long term. In your article, you emphasize the importance of expanding the pool of clinicians who treat opioid use disorder. So why do you think many physicians have been hesitant to make buprenorphine prescribing part of their practice? There's really several factors that seem to inhibit physicians from going forward with prescribing buprenorphine for opioid use disorder. One of the most common factors is a lack of understanding of how the medications work. Even within the clinician community, there's some widespread sources of misunderstanding about medications that treat addiction. In particular, a myth that medications substitute one addiction for another. But another reason may be that many clinicians don't feel like they have adequate knowledge or familiarity with these medications. That's why it's critical that physicians who prescribe buprenorphine are supported by a larger system that helps them to manage the symptoms of their patients and to provide them with a referral point if patients destabilize in their treatment. Do you think that any of the opioid-related bills that have been proposed in Congress will substantially increase access to these medications or alleviate the burden on the clinicians who are prescribing them? Right now, Congress is considering a number of pieces of legislation that could incrementally improve access to treatment for these medications. Some of these pieces of legislation would shore up the capacity of the treatment system by providing more resources to train clinicians and by providing more funding to help support treatment through the safety net. However, some of the most important pieces of legislation to support increased access to treatment have been under attack, in particular, the Affordable Care Act, which has provided millions of Americans with Medicaid and therefore has enabled many low-income people to gain access to primary care, has been threatened with repeal over the last couple years. So although there's some promising developments through some proposed legislation, as long as Medicaid expansion is in jeopardy, there's real risks that these small steps forward could be reversed or eliminated. There's been some discussion on the federal level of making inpatient treatment for opioid use disorder more available than it is now. How do medications compare with detox or rehab programs as strategies for recovery and for preventing overdoses? Well, there is a role in the treatment system, certainly for inpatient and acute settings where patients who need additional support and resources can be seen and receive care. The reality is that most patients can be effectively managed in outpatient settings with medications. 
One of the most troubling developments is that many in the community advocating for more treatment are pushing for more beds for treatment as a substitute for broader access to outpatient treatment. Outpatient treatment, in fact, could be much more easily scaled to provide care for more people in a more cost-effective manner and provide access to medications that would allow patients to gain treatment over a longer period of time. In another Perspective article, Samet and colleagues discussed the possibility of allowing physicians to prescribe methadone in the course of routine primary care. What's been the effect of limiting the availability of methadone to designated clinics? Do you think that expanding prescribing would actually be feasible? The United States takes an unusual approach to prescribing methadone. In countries like Canada and Great Britain, methadone is actually available through pharmacies and through primary care offices. And there's been well-established evidence that there are effective ways of providing methadone to patients outside of the model that predominates in the United States, where patients go to an opioid treatment program, generally on a daily basis, to get their methadone medication. While the OTP model is certainly an effective option for many patients, it's not as convenient as some of these other alternative models, and it would be beneficial for patients to be able to have more opportunities to get access to methadone through alternative settings as long as there's sufficient oversight of the administration of methadone to these patients. Finally, in the absence of major legislative or policy changes, What can individual physicians do to improve the care they provide to patients with opioid use disorder? The first step for physicians would be to gain training and knowledge in addiction. This is something that physicians can take on themselves, although it's also something that would be more effectively supported through medical and professional societies. Physicians who are interested in helping their patients who have opioid use disorder can obtain the federal data waiver, which would allow them to prescribe buprenorphine. This training takes about eight hours and allows them to begin to see patients and provide buprenorphine to those patients. Beyond that, it's beneficial and important that physicians are linked up with other sources of care. There are models that don't require the sort of major systemic change that we see in states like Vermont, which has put in place a very impressive hub-and-spoke system but there are even smaller scale interventions that can be effective in providing access to medication through partnerships between primary care practices and specialty providers. And we actually highlight one of those models known as the co-op model that's used here in Baltimore with great effectiveness to link primary care providers who are interested in managing addiction with an opioid treatment program or with specialty outpatient providers. Thank you, Dr. Saloner.